you can be told, yes, you need to move forward, but how? Mm. You need the right tools. You need to be self-aware. What are the blockages? What What is stopping you from, from moving forward? And that makes me think about men and black men. Mm-hmm. What What are the obstacles? What are the barriers? Because black men, you, you face, you, the media portrays black men, unfortunately, in a negative, um, yeah, in a negative way. But it's about kind of changing that narrative and I just love what you're doing with the Goodman Factory and how you're kind of challenging that narrative and standing up and saying, listen, we're here. Yeah. <laughs> we're here for the black men. We're here for the community. And together we will rise. So it's, yeah, it's fantastic. I'm just, I feel very privileged um, to be here. No, oh, thanks oh, for joining thank us. You. Thank you. Yeah. All right, guys, wait, 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 hold up. So we looked at the analytics and apparently 25% of you who watch this podcast are not subscribed. Now, that doesn't make sense because if you're watching this podcast, then you clearly like it and you clearly want more. So the best way to get more is to subscribe. And guess what? They even do another thing, subscribe. Hit that little bell button and put the notifications on. So when we post this exquisite content, right, you'll get it directly in your notifications. So subscribe right now. Thank you. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Goodman Factory podcast episode. You're here with myself, Goodman Manny. We've got Goodman Rizzy here, Goodman Demeji, and we're pleased to have our special guest today, Martina Witter. Oh, I'm so tempted to play with these buttons. I'm sorry, I've got to do it. (laughs) 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 I just discovered that and I needed to do it, man. But yeah, listen, we're really, really happy to have Martina here with us today. Um, Really, really good episode, actually, what we've got planned today. Going to be speaking um, about mental health and things surrounding that particular topic, but we're going to speak to a specialist, someone who's dedicated um, many years into this particular topic. And and I guess with no further ado, uh, Martina Witter, uh, get us started, please. So could you just tell us a bit about yourself, uh, what it is that you do? Um, I've got CBT therapist, but I know for some people, they might need to, to, to understand a bit more as to what that is. So what is it that you do? Yeah. So CBT, CBT therapist, I'm a cognitive behaviour therapist and essentially what that means is I work with young people, I work with adults and help people who are feeling overwhelmed, struggling with their well-being, maybe feeling a bit stressed, worried, maybe experiencing trauma as well. So that's that, they're the kind of main areas that I um, focus on. Also, I'm a mindset coach, do lots of different stuff, but they're all linked. Um I've got a podcast which is focused on building resilience. Also, I'm a blogger and author of Resilience in the Workplace. And I am proudly the founder of Black Mental Wealth, which is looking at promoting awareness around mental health and well-being and the future. The plans for the future for this um, organisation is to create an app for Black and mixed individuals just to raise awareness around mental health and well-being because we know that a lot of black individuals struggle to kind of access support and because of the stigma around mental health and well-being and I'm also the co-founder of Black Women in Business and Professionals Network and founder of Rafa Therapy Services that was a lot 
Wow, but you almost made me yeah. press a button there, but I'm gonna refrain from doing that. Hold back, bro. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm gonna try. <laughs> I'm gonna try. Busy Amazing. woman, how do you find the time? You find the time when yeah. you're passionate about something. Mm. You find the time. You make the time, mm-hmm. and I believe that my purpose here on Earth, Earth, is to have influence and to help people to be the best version of themselves. There's no point in moaning about problems that exist. Be the change. That's my mindset. And looking after your well-being as well helps you to be more productive, gives you strength. I'm a Christian, so looking after my kind of my spiritual aspect of me and kind of just being balanced for me, that is the key. And so, working out, going to the gym. <laughs> mm, so I've got energy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. It's good. So can I ask, how did you get into this? Like, you know, where did this journey begin? Yeah, so I studied psychology at uni. Um, The path that I was taking was initially to be a clinical psychologist. And I'm still passionate about that. For me, age is not a barrier. I'm still going to be a doctor and a psychologist. Mm -hmm. So that was the plan. And then ultimately, I was working in the NHS. And then an opportunity came up to do my um, CBT training. I wasn't even that interested, if I'm being honest. But I applied was successful Mm. it was paid for which was you know a blessing a good thing and um the rest is history but I always knew I wasn't going to stay in the NHS I'm yeah I'm a leader I need to be doing what I'm passionate about Mm. but I'm grateful for for that opportunity and then I ended up leaving set up my business and um was able to work with young people as well because that's what I was passionate about. So I could work with young people, work with adults, and then also look at developing like the training arm of um, the business, which is looking at well-being, resilience, and improving performance and productivity. Yeah. Okay. I know you got your list of questions, but one of the things that stood out for me is um, your podcast that focuses on resilience Mm -hmm. could you elaborate on that please yeah so it's called rivers to resilience and it's mainly focusing on well the seven rivers to um, resilience and it's about empowering organizations and individuals to be resilient to be able to cope with setbacks and challenges and we know that we've over the past nearly two years we've all been facing challenges with Mm -hmm. covid and that's what kind of motivated me to create the podcast and to create a space where people can learn from one another's, well, learn from one another and figure out, well, what is it that's going to help you to be resilient? Because it's all different. We're all wired differently. For some people, it might be being active. For others, it might be that maybe you've got racing thoughts and you're worrying, so you need to do some kind of mindset work. And one of the rivers is kind of looking at spirituality. So it's quite holistic. You know, if you're a spiritual person and tapping into that and allowing it to work for you resilience is yeah it's so dynamic um yeah um yeah the reason why i think it popped out to me is because i'm a firm believer in um the power of your words the power of your thoughts um and when i was going through my own like dark stages um i think mantras and um affirmations really brought me out of that um really like negative um negative um mindset that I had like, during uni and after uni mm-hmm. um I was able to like empower myself find value in myself and what I'm doing um look after myself and kind of like just love myself a bit more mm-hmm. um not necessarily um depending on um 
depending on uh depending on other people or um outside uh sources of uh what's the, what's the word um influence not influence uh what is it uh my mind's gone blank but just depending on myself more mm-hmm. um learning how to i guess fix myself or um cope with stress uh cope with letdowns and rejections and stuff and kind of just move forward so when it so re- resilience is something i really uh it's like a key value for you yeah yeah i really yeah it's a key value for mm-hmm. me because without resilience you'll falter at any opportunity um and also like be, coming from a nigerian background where we've always heard move forward move forward i think moving forward and knowing how to move forward and like having an actual plan rather than just being told to move forward mm. is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So thank you. Yeah, yeah no, th- I totally agree. One of the rivers to resilience is looking at affirmations and affirmations. Yeah. The key and the critical and, and just ensuring that you're using them consistently, but sometimes there can be blockages to you actually, you know, being able to fully embrace um, affirmations depending on your background and experience and then that's where I guess some of the mindset work comes in in developing um, a growth mindset but no fantastic to hear that and like you said it, it you can be told yes you need to move forward but how mm. you need the right tools you need to be self-aware what are the blockages what what is stopping you from from moving forward and that makes me think about men and black men mm-hmm. what what are the obstacles what are the barriers because black men you, you face the media portrays black men, unfortunately, in a negative, um, yeah, in a negative way. But it's about kind of changing that narrative. And I just love what you're doing with the Good Man Factory and how you're kind of challenging that narrative and standing up and saying, listen, we're here. Yeah. <laughs> we're here for the black men. We're here for the community. And together we will rise so it's yeah it's fantastic i'm just i feel very privileged um to be here no oh, thanks oh, for joining thank us you. Thank yeah you. what's the link between um spirituality and mental health because i think growing up you know i grew up in a christian household um you know, my parents are christian went to church every sunday but i never had that conversation with anyone in um in church about mental health I feel like a lot of people at church didn't even understand mental health the way we understand mental health today. Mm-hmm. So it's funny how you mentioned spirituality, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel that like that was connected when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And I, I would totally agree. And I think, yeah, in some circles, mental health is overlooked. You know, I grew up in a, yeah, traditionally Caribbean um, church and like, you know, men- mental, yeah, it's not talked about mental health. It's, it's kind of overlooked. And even still now, I think people are still slightly more open to it. You've got to be, you can't ig- ignore it because there's more of a focus on it. Pe- people are speaking up about it. So <laughs> clearly it's, um, you know, it exists and needs to be addressed. But in terms of all the research, what it shows is that having, um, being able to look towards something external so I'm just kind of referring to kind of spirituality in general but if yeah. you're a Christian to God to Jesus that faith, something hope. Yeah, yeah something beyond <clears throat> yourself mm. that's what gives you a purpose and in the midst of challenge and adversity it's important to be anchored onto something beyond yourself mm. 
whatever that might be for you as as an individual and also the power of community as well so as a believer or depending on what your spirituality is being anchored to that so in the midst of covid not looking just to the government for direction but looking for something beyond yourself and that is how it how it helps to um kind of bolster your resilience and improve your mental health and it instills hope essentially when someone has a faith that's brings hope mm-hmm. hope helps to counter depression when someone is resilient resilience is a protective factor against depression stress and anxiety so that's the the connection and we can all build resilience some people might be genetically biologically more resilient but you can build it mm-hmm. resilience is a muscle just like you go to the gym or walk whatever work out we've got to work out those resilience mm, muscles yeah. Do you think um, mental health is like, no, I'm going to reword that. Do you think mental health should be should be taught explicitly within the church? I say church because obviously you, you said you were a mm-hmm. Christian, but maybe in any other, maybe in other religion, religious, you know, settings, the mm-hmm. same question applies. But for yourself, do you think uh, mental health should be taught more explicitly within the context of, you know, Christianity? Definitely. And that's something that I have done. I'm not doing it as much at the moment but that is something that I have done and it's I guess it's highlighted that a lot of people have got beliefs and mindsets that actually prevent them from building their mental health you know cultural um, beliefs and then there's all the kind of gender stereotypes which exist in the world and in the church and it's it's pressure show some examples yeah so for example (laughs) you know in the church you know, I go to a mixed church now, but I've been in like a predominantly black church. I've been to a Caribbean church. I've been to a Nigerian church. So I've got quite a broad range of, of, of experience. Um, but what one of the examples would be as a man or as a leader, I mean, as a man, you are the leader. You've got to provide for your family all the time, which I think is good, but then it's pressure. It's pressure. And in reality, when we think about life, peaks and troughs you go through challenges and there might be a period where you can't provide mm. and then that can have an impact on your your self-image you know you're, you're kind of an impact on your on your mindset and then that can cause you to to set back so I think to have a setback I think there needs to be that flexibility and sometimes I think certain experiences are over spiritualized I've seen that sometimes people have clearly got mental health problems in the church but it's just overlooked and some views not every not every christian but some people think oh no it's just the devil or or, or you're guilty or you've sinned no the mental health is real it is real (laughs) you know it's and then it's about um yeah you you just got to get the balance just Mm. like physical health is real there is no different if you're physically ill generally speaking you'll go to the doctor's or to the pharmacist or, you know, try and resolve mm. it, but you're seeking some specialist input. There's no difference with, with mental health, no difference. So we need to keep talking about it if we want to rise, if we want to succeed. It's about having that holistic perspective. Mm. So it's good that you say that because um, a lot of the times, like, like my mum does it as well. So she'll be like, um, you know, I'm praying. I feel like there's two... I'm not underestimating the power of prayer. Mm. Prayer is definitely powerful. That's mm-hmm. spiritual. Um, but I don't think prayer is enough. You know, I, I think to approach things with just 
I'm praying. We'll just keep praying. Let's just keep praying. It's not enough. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I come from <laughs> yeah. a similar point of view. Yeah, I think I think we all do because um, like I I think the same, bro. I don't believe that praying is the answer to everything or the only answer. Yeah, I believe that certain things have to be put in place for that prayer to actually, yeah. you know, be fulfilled to its maximum potential. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I, I just think I just think <laughs> Demetri's speaking about this like raw, my mum's gonna flog me. Do you know what I think we're all me when she hears this tonight? You said what? I think, about prayer? I think we're all having flashbacks like yeah, at the same time. All the situations that I thought thought about where family members have been like, yeah, yeah, I'll pray for it, I'll pray for it, I'll pray for it. But I'm like, Listen, a lot yeah. of them prayers that you prayed for me, I put in work. I suffered, mm. man. Like mm. I had to do a lot of work by myself to make sure that them prayers. Um, could be manifested or whatever you want to call it because um, oh, I had a thought and it just slipped out my what, what's going it's on gonna man it's going to you. it's going to um, come to you but yeah I don't wait for things to come to me I mm. chase it yeah and that's it I mean, not even yeah. chase but I, I I do everything in my power to make sure that it comes to fruition I have goals things that I want to achieve I'm not just going to say I want to achieve this this is going to happen I'll write it down I have a vision board at home. I write it down. I look at it. I tell myself I'm going to achieve this. Then I look at the little things that I can do to bring me closer towards those goals. I think that's the most, well, for me, that's the most practical way um, of uh, achieving what I want and mm. getting what I want in life. Um, another thing I do, I, I write the, some of these stuff in my wallet. So I've got that I, I'm going to earn a certain amount of money. Right. I've got that written up in my wallet. It's, it's, it's even, it's, it's tearing up, but I'm going to keep it there until <laughs> it happens. Mm. Um, and that aside, I make sure I work hard every day. Like, mm. I know what I need to do or I have an idea of what I want to need to do. And I just put all my effort, all my time, all my, like, my, my brain power into it and just do the best job I can every single day. Yeah. And yeah. it works. Mm. Yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's not like blind, blind faith or blind gambling or whatever. It's mm. like, it's a formula to it. Yeah. But it is blind faith. It is blind faith in some ways because you're pursuing something you don't have and you're far from. But the difference is you've matched blind faith with work. And I I, I personally think that that's, that, that is at the heart of what um, God wants us to do as Christians. Like I think <clears throat> that from the point of view of someone that is a believer in God, I feel like, um, I feel like the most important things that we have is wisdom. Mm. And like God gave us that, like, you know, we don't have people in this world that are like scientists for the sake of it. Like science, science goes alongside God's mission and purpose. Mm. You get mm. it. God created the scientists. Mm. He gave them the brain to be able to create the medicines and, the, you know, whatever it is that we use to help ourselves. And so I don't think it has to be one or the other. I think it's like it's the both. But I understand what you're saying because I came from a household similar where... <clears throat> the emphasis was always spiritual mm. and sometimes we forgot there were also humans as well and so like I'm going to bleed I'm going to hurt I'm going to be hungry I can pray but there's also bread in the fridge and I could go downstairs and I could get it you get it like, you know so there's a practical thing that you can always do yeah. but at the same time that doesn't negate the power of prayer and I can say like I've seen when actually sometimes you sacrifice a lot of the things and you are still and prayer in itself is the one thing. But I think it's like, these are all things that you're supposed to do as one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I do think the church, that's why I asked the question, because I feel mm-hmm. like sometimes the church misses the real important human conversations around, mm-hmm. this is practically what we can do as a people, as an individual to help ourselves 
um, every day when you go to work, when you're looking after your family, when you're trying to bring home an income, these are the things you can do that are going to support your well-being, but also take you to the next level spiritually. And I feel like the message is always one or the other, or sometimes you only get the spiritual message, but like that's why a lot of people are sitting in church and, and they do struggle with mental mm. health concerns, but don't know what to do with it because mm. their message has just been, you need to pray about it, mm. you know? Um, so that's not always that helpful. So you mentioned something earlier about black men, and I'm glad you did that, um, because we know from many conversations we've had in this podcast that black men suffer uh, in, in silence far too often, um, and it's something I think we've all personally kind of experienced ourselves, which is the reason why the Goodman Factory exists. So, you know, what's your experience from um, the support that you've given to black men? What is, or what are the reasons as to why um, black males in particular seem to struggle with being able to talk or maybe with the battle of resilience that you mentioned, like from, from, from your experience? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, from my experience, when I've worked with black men or just speaking to black men in general, some of the kind of challenges that they face, and I kind of touched upon it a little bit before, is it's those gender stereotypes, like as a black man or as a man, you don't express your emotions or feelings. Or, for example, if you cry, that means you're weak, for example. Um, Also, a lot of... Well, yeah, some of the black men that I've worked with have also kind of experienced trauma or kind of vicarious trauma. So they've not experienced it directly, but they've observed it and then bottled it up for most of their life. And then they're kind of seeking out help or seeking to understand why they are the way they are, why they're kind of displaying, um, you know, certain behaviours which are not, which are preventing them from progressing. in life and then also depression that that seems that's a big one struggling with depression depression yeah it affects a, a lot of people and i think depression can be misunderstood miss um yeah mis misconstrued and i love the one of the videos that that, that you created the good man factory and just kind of challenging that 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 stigma and sometimes when people think about depression in the black community sometimes you you, you might think oh you can look at someone and you can tell they're depressed no you can't tell nothing mm, you can't mm-hmm. you know i work with people who are high functioning and they're depressed mm-hmm. they're very successful mm-hmm. but but they're depressed because people develop different mechanisms to cope with the depression and depression is on a scale you can be mildly moderately or severely depressed if you're severely depressed you're not getting out of bed you will you will struggle but if you're mildly depressed you'll have a you know maybe one or two days a week when you're struggling but you know how to get yourself out of that and you probably don't need medication but where, when it's more severe that's when you need medication that's when it's kind of indicated um and suggested and and when with some of the men that I've worked with as well what I've noticed is that there tends to be um like some type of loss and that is what would maybe cause them to seek a bit of support because something that's been supporting them for a large part of their life has been removed so maybe a relationship or the loss of a you know a family member or friend so it's kind of crisis point mm. that the, the don't naturally just think oh yeah 
you know, therapy is an option and all the research shows that in the NHS that men are a lot less likely to seek, I think it's about 35% that would seek support through the NHS for therapy. Wow. So that is not really on mm. men's or black men's um, radar. radar. Mm. Yeah. So that that's my experience of it. And, you know, I just love normalising someone's experience because sometimes you, you can underestimate the power of normalising and just having someone to li- listen to you and say, yeah, I get it. Of course you would feel that way. And sometimes I think as the black community, sometimes we underestimate the impact of our experiences of racism. Sometimes mm. it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, strong black woman, strong black man, keep going, keep going. But we're human. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. Running on fumes. Yeah. Keep going, keep going, keep it's going. True. It's true. Especially when you, you burn out. Especially in a world where you see people that haven't, that don't experience the, that trauma that we experience and you see, like, just imagine a life without yeah. ex- experiencing racism or even witnessing institutional racism or seeing like Bates racism on the internet or, or on TV. Or people being killed and shot. Yeah. yeah. Every imagine, year. Like, imagine living a life do like walks that. every year because yeah. another one of our black brothers has been shot dead somewhere or killed or, you know, someone's got their foot on their neck. Yeah, like that that in itself is trauma. But then also we inherit trauma as well. Mm. Like you think about our parents and their experience and how they managed it and how that's impacted us. Like you were saying something earlier and it made me think there's like an intersect between like culture and masculinity because I feel like a combination of both for a black male um, can be quite detrimental because like culturally, like if you come from like a similar background to like myself, like, <clears throat> so like with like Nigerian Yoruba background, it's quite it's quite frowned upon to like to like talk about your problems um mm. in general. Like it's there's like a pride thing. You know, you even when things are looking crap, you show your very best, like no one can see, you know, like you go to church and you wear the best golden gown, but at home, like everything's upside down or like you've just come from a real mess, but no one can see you like you know looking bad but then I think there's also then when you add in the the challenges of like being a man especially if you're being kind of like guided by an older man they specifically been taught you don't show weakness like don't moan about it like just get up you know kind of thing you, I think you shared an example where like you you had a football injury and yeah, yeah, yeah. either out of fear or someone literally said to you come on man like it's just a broken leg or whatever it was you know it's just that kind of message <laughs> yeah. you know but I've had something similar like when I lost like my best friend I was pretty much told you know like people die like you need to like you're going to be here forever like come on let's go like move on and like I can recognise it came from a maybe a good good place in that they want me to just be strong but it's like but I'm not strong I don't know if it comes from a good place. Maybe, uh, maybe, no, I'm maybe, maybe I'm even being nice. But I've been through something similar to you, <clears throat> and, and I remembered when I watched back the episode of you talking about it. And one time, um, so I've got sickle cell, mm-hmm. and part of sickle cell was like sometimes your bones can be weakened. This was when I was young, so my arm, I had a um, a crisis in my arm, so my arm was hurting me, mm. so my bone had weakened. So I had done something like stretched to get something, and at that point. I heard a click. So I went, I remember that I went to go tell my dad, I told him, I was like, oh, my arm's hurting me. And he was like, man up, like, you know, like, oh, listen, man. I went to, to the, the hospital and they done an x-ray on my arm. My, I, that was a fracture. Wow. That was a fracture. So, yes, yeah, it's just like, you can say, oh, it's a place of love. Like, you know, that they're telling you, like, you know, you got to be strong, but 
Yeah, it's not. It's, it's, it's not toxic enough. in a way. It's, like, very it's damaging. Toxic. At the same time, would you would you say it's uh, it comes from a place of uh, not knowing any better too, like yeah. not knowing because if you're raised that way, then you're mm. gonna that's the way you're gonna raise your children as well. Mm-hmm. I just think we're we're we're, we're um, we've been born at yeah, a great fortunate. time. Yeah, a fortune. We're fortunate to be born at a great time in this te- technological age where we have so much information that we've mm-hmm. we've consumed online, and I think we underestimate the power of all these like memes like you know that like, the post on Instagram where you see like text mm. and you're just reading it thinking yeah, oh that's yeah. true and then you keep swiping away you're consuming all that information mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. this is adding to your knowledge you know mm-hmm. and the yeah, algorithms right. show you what you want to what what you're interested in what you want want to see mm-hmm. so if you're interested in mental health like since I've been interested in mental health I'm, I've been consuming a lot of knowledge and information um, from, from, from the timeline mm-hmm. so I know better now Whereas with our parents, <laughs> they only know, know what they what they were taught and the experience they had with their parents. So, and we yeah. learn we learn from their mistakes as well. Yeah. Aside from technology, you mm-hmm. know, there's many things that like I've seen my parents do that bless them. I do think overall their intentions were always good, mm-hmm. but they yeah. just it wasn't it wasn't executed well for for lots of different reasons. Yeah. But like there's many things I've seen, and I'm like absolutely. I will absolutely do something different for my family or I would definitely like, you know, treat my wife in a different way or I will 100% make sure that with my daughter or with my son, that's not the approach I take. And I think that's just with everything. You yeah. take the good with the bad and you, you, you add it to yourself, don't you? Um, you add it to yourself. I've actually got something here because I find this really, really interesting and it's kind of going back to like the experience of like, you know, black black men that you've had to support. And um, there was a post that you shared, um, and that post was was basically exploring the the five things that black men struggle with in particular. Mm-hmm. And it was in no order, but we can do that now. But it was in no order, and it was money and finances, a cause for mental health concerns, um, race and racism, jobs and career, relationships and family, health and issues. Um, you touched kind of briefly on it and you said you know it does seem to be when there's a loss of some sort mm-hmm. that you, you tend to either get I guess maybe more people subscribing to, to therapy or maybe that's the point where you realise they've broken down but is there anything in particular that you always get like as a theme as to like why men struggle maybe generally not not one particular um, theme but I think because unfortunately for men it doesn't ne- necessarily come natural or it's not kind of embraced or promoted in society that men talk that you talk about your feelings you just talk about the good stuff or maybe you know superficial stuff because when you talk about those heart stuff that kind of makes you vulnerable mm. which will ultimately counter that that, that 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 narrative of being a strong man or a strong black man so I think that's that's yeah that that would kind of account for it that that would explain but in terms of the loss the reason why I kind of mentioned it was in the context of the low mood and depression because all the research shows that it's when someone experiences a real or imagined loss that's when you that's what would kind of trigger depression or hopelessness and unfortunately we know across the world there's yeah a lot of Black men are losing their lives. Mm. So just even observing that, I'm just, oh gosh, I'm just thinking about um, 
in the middle of COVID and George Floyd. Oh my gosh, it was awful. All yeah, that, that vicarious trauma. And it was, mm-hmm. you just feel like it's you. Yeah. yeah. And that in itself can make you feel just totally deflated. Like what, what is going on? Mm. You know, is, is there um, any hope? And then, you know, I'm a black woman. I'm not even a black man. Mm. I'm, I just know the challenges for you, for you as black man, men is far greater. And um, just when I think about the media, I'm just kind of in preparing for the, you know, today's podcast. I was just thinking about all the factors that it have an, an unfortunately negative impact on black men and, and, and mental health and how the world at large, not generally, so not everyone, but some people perceive black men. I was thinking about the media. We need more black professionals in the media as decision makers because mm. unfortunately, when we think about TV programs, black men are usually cast in negative in a negative light as gangsters. Yep. You're not necessarily seeing, um, I mean, you see more now because of Black Lives Matter, mm. but the reality is that is is constantly <clears throat> portrayed. That's the stereotype that we're exposed to. So then when you're, you're out in the community, people are looking at you like that mm. and you don't, it's subconscious. Yep. Yeah. You know, if you see, and I'm being real, like as a black woman, if you see someone or a black guy or someone with a hoodie, it's automatically a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. And all of that needs to be challenged and it needs to, the, the narrative needs to, um, needs to change. And that can affect someone getting a job. You should be able to apply for a job, turn up for an interview. Now, if you want your hair in cornrows, cane row, whatever, turn up like that. Yep. But all of that has an impact. And for me, I know I've gone through my own journey as a black woman thinking, all right, in my profession, not many black people need to turn up with my hair straight. And I like my hair straight, but it's like, you know what? No, you just need to be yourself. And I feel like in the midst of COVID and then Black Lives Matter, like I found myself, like I found my voice. I was like, I've got something unique. I'm a black woman, yes. And I'm a psychotherapist and there's not many of us that I need to speak up for my people. Mm. And that that is what I'm I'm doing and I will, will continue to do because that's when change comes and we've got to we've got to embrace fully mm. who we are and not be afraid to um to share sorry i think i've totally deviated but no, no, i'm answer. just getting all passionate i'm, 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 glad, you, I'm glad you said no. that because when you decide to stand up and speak your mind you don't know how many people are actually dependent on someone like yourself mm-hmm. to to expose yourself and you know mm. bring yourself to light so they can actually like look up to you and be like okay there's someone that looks like me and they're sharing all this information like there's so much there's so much that can be done with the information that you share mm-hmm. on all your platforms your podcast YouTube that you didn't want to mention <laughs> um, <laughs> like there's so much out there in like regards to like help and information it's just Sometimes we just need to be steered in that like, direction. Yeah, yeah. Into, into the right direction. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you mentioned media as well because when you're speaking, I was just thinking to myself as well. I was like, since I've been a kid, well, since uh, since from a young age, watching TV, films, and stuff, I'd always see women, uh, female characters, expressing their emotions and stuff, no matter who they are. But the men, the the men are always tough. Mm. They're gangsters. They're even if they're businessmen or whatever, they're always mm-hmm. tough never show their emotions, never speak about how they're feeling. It's always done in a, it's, it's very, very fast. It's never actually like um, delved into to a point where as an audience, you kind of understand maybe more so today 
Mm. Um, things have changed, but I remember as a kid, Growing up. it never had really happened. You see mm. your superheroes and stuff, all these tough guys, they're action, muscular, whatever, I don't care about much. Um, and I think, so as like, it all starts from young. Like mm-hmm. we're fed as, a, as, as kids, um, this image of men being these uh, strong, tough characters and women are more open to expressing how they feel, showing how they feel and all that stuff. So I think maybe that's why women are more, uh, more, more likely to um, be open with their emotions and stuff and with us, not so much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a combination of things, because you know, I think even, even before like mainstream Western media, if you, look, if you look through like the history of time, men have always had a role of being... Um, like you know the breadwinner mm-hmm. person that goes out and slaughters and kills a couple of people in the neighborhood if something's gone wrong whatever i do think the dynamics of the of the of, of males in society has changed and i do think it's gotten more toxic as a result of things but there's generally i think through the history of time been an expectation that like um you judge a man um and his masculinity on his strength on his ability to bring home food to provide for his family and during certain periods of time on his ability to to kill, to slaughter, mm-hmm. to be out for a long period of time and be able to come home with blood in his hands to show he's, a, you know, and you, you think about the most um, prominent rulers, the ones that are praised the most in the history of time, they all generally have something in common, you know, and they're usually leaders, but leaders of war of some sort, you know, or have led nations through all kinds of strategies, but it's, you're never going to hear us kind of lord a leader um, and, and, and judge him based on the fact that he was really like, you know, kind of like nice and like, you know, he, he, he spoke softly and maybe he, you know, he, he let his emotions out during a press conference. No, like you want to <laughs> wanna see Putin talk and, 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 to, and, there, and there is an attractiveness to that. I actually don't think that it shouldn't be that. I think actually you just need to be able to find the right balance mm, between, definitely. yeah, you know, like masculinity isn't just about strength and, everything else to do with like James Bond it's, you need a bit of everything else that's why for me growing up I loved um, I forgot his name Damon Wayans from mm. My Wife and Kids oh, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah like I watched that yeah. and that changed yeah. my definitely like without being like um, over the top it really like almost changed like my perception yeah. on men and black men because yep. I grew up with a dad who was like quite tough Gave lo- lots of lectures, but you know, some most of the time we went through one ear out the other because it was just like you know, he's just moaning at me, whatever. And he was kind of like that typical, like all my friends were afraid of him and stuff. Mm. Like, oh, like your dad, bro. Oh, like, oh, listen, he's walking out, <laughs> see him walking down the road. Like, oh, bro, he's gonna bang you up when you get home. That kind of thing. Like, but that was all there was to it at the time. That's what it felt like. And but as a family, we would watch like my wife and kids, and we would be in hysterics. Yeah. But what I, what I, what I learned from from him was like he was present, he was funny. He was strict, but but his strict wasn't like, oh, like you go up to your room and don't come down again. Like he yeah. would do crazy things like, oh, you want to play that game? That's fine. And then he would show up at the party, for instance. <laughs> you know, but there was ways of discipline that I'd never seen before. And he really kind of like shaped a perspective or a perception, should I say, of black men and a black family man. And I thought that was quite key. Uncle Phil as well for my wife and kids. Do you feel like you wanted Fresh to Prince, adopt? Did you, do you feel like you wanted to adopt like, their characteristics because yeah 100% when I was when I was watching my wife and kids I was like when I'm a father that's how I'm going to be exactly you the same I mean? and that's the power of the media so when you're showing you mm. know um, characters and 
and like so the media is very good at ignoring those like yeah. certain personalities and traits mm. they'll show you what they want to show you mm -hmm. so imagine you're just used to watching something you have no your, your mind won't open up to different characteristics Things, or different yeah. ways you can be as a human being mm. so like for young people if you're growing up and you're just watching stuff like Top Boy Power yeah. you're thinking okay so the only way to become powerful is to you know sell drugs mm. you know but mm. that's why that's why we need to be shown represent positive representations in the media mm. and um I feel like with Good Man Factory, we're at a point where, you know, we're not relying on the on the media. Mm. You know, we're doing things um, on our own channel, mm. YouTube channel, mm -hmm. and we're gonna show positive representations. Yeah, like for example, the Father's Day campaign that we do every year. I've had so many people message me to say, I've never seen these types of representations of black men. Mm. Simple things like just showing black men in their children's lives. Yeah, reading a book or like you know playing with their talking kids. about. They, how they want to be present as a father. Mm. People, grown women are messaging me saying, I've never seen that before. It's a bit triggering because mm. it's reminding me of how the father that I didn't have and I mm. wish I had that. Um, That's the power yeah. of us showing fathers in their children's lives. Mm. And with Good Man Factory, we are going to forever keep doing that every mm. year, showing mm. it because if we're not doing it, yeah. no one else is. So, I think there was only like two, two brands I saw showing these positive representations. It was like Daily Paper and Good Man Factory. Mm. And um, we need to normalise it. We need to normalise mm. showing positive black like, fathers in their children's lives. The media will have you believe that, you know, black men just breed women and fuck or, about. Or are absent, not the... Yeah, yeah. like... Deadbeats. Yeah, deadbeats. That's what yeah, they show us in the I media. so much, man. They, they love showing deadbeats, mm -hmm. you like know. Like, it's so easy to... to to um, show that um, uh, image of black men is way too easy. Mm -hmm. That's why there's so many other co like um, races and cultures that have this perception that, you know, if my child gets with a black man, you know, he's mm. just going to give you a baby and then F, f off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I guess, I think the saddest thing as well is that like, with like those women coming to you saying, oh, I've never seen anything like this. Like, yeah. it's sad because it's a lie. It's a lie that mm. it's it's a lie. That's why it's sad mm. because you're not you're not you're not um we're not recreating something or we're not no. creating a brand new story. Like no. you are certain people who every day have been doing this, and it's there are many men in their fifties and sixties who had been doing this, and many men before that. But mm. but um, I guess the power comes with those who control. In in this sense, the media. media. Because if there was no media, people would can't make that assumption. Yeah. Or judgment because there's nothing to base it on. But when you watch films every day, when you watch TV shows every day, when you watch adverts every day, when you watch music videos every day, mm. all you can go off is literally by what, what, you, what see. you see. Yeah. And so for me, the most important part of this conversation is not just like sh we need to see more representation of like men mm. like us or like, you know, like black men just being normal, whatever. We have to control we have to create and control what it is that we want to show as well. Yeah. that's the, And that's why for me, the Goodman Factory is powerful because, mm. um, you know, like yourself and Malik, the vision is always we control what we want people to see. Mm -hmm. You get it? Like, and we are normal people. You get it? You're an actor. You know, you're an entrepreneur. I'm an assistant head teacher, mm -hmm. but we're just normal men. This isn't a showcase of any of our individual jobs. We are just normal men talking. talking. Some of us have family, some of us don't. Some of us do things, some of us, you get it. Like, yeah. And that's what's meant to be normal. And unfortunately, a lot of young boys don't grow up and have that experience of seeing men just being normal. Normal, 
normal men. That's right. the key because yeah. it's normal. We're not doing anything special. Nope. We're just being normal. Just being ourselves. Just being normal. So yeah, but um, but yeah, I, I yeah, I'm I'm really happy that we had this conversation because it, it made me really reflect as well and just think about some of the things that um I've experienced growing up and maybe the reasons why I didn't open up. Um, I haven't actually got a therapist yet, but it's something that I definitely wanna um. I definitely want to get on job. I I had a therapist last year. Mm-hmm. I think I've I've had two situations where I've had two therapists. I don't think I had more than two episodes with them. Um, and I guess I, I'll go on record and saying a part of me just felt like I just didn't connect with them. Mm-hmm. And we've had this conversation before, maybe not necessarily on air. Um, and it, it was quite a divisive topic. But like for me, I, I do feel like there's there's something important about speaking to a black man or woman. Oh yeah, because so you could probably talk a bit because I, I that's my personal thing that they mm-hmm. weren't black people and right. I held back. Mm-hmm. I just felt like if I tell yeah. them about what I did at sixteen, I could get the police me. knocking on my door yeah. the next day. You know, <laughs> is there some kind of confidentiality? Mm-hmm. You know, or you know, there was just something mm-hmm. a bit. I just wasn't comfortable. I just felt like, mm, yeah, I know you're about to help me, but I don't really feel I can go deep. Mm. And I just don't think you understand the black mm-hmm. experience. So what's your take on that? Because you, you could disagree, but... No, no, I completely agree. Um, with thera- any therapeutic relationship, the foundation of it is of the relationship. So you need to connect with that person. There needs to be trust. You need to like them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that is that is 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 yeah. the reality. You need to like them, and that's why I say most private therapists offer initial consultation. So even if it's not just on the grounds of race, they just you, you, there needs to be some synergy. You need to feel like you can open up, or that they understand um, your experiences, and that's why there are organisations that promote um, black therapists, psychologists, mm. um, counsellors, or um, Therapists from minority groups. So there's an organisation called um, Batan. So that's that's what they do. They promote it. And I have people, yeah, contacting me saying, yeah, I, I just typed in black therapists and you came up. You know, people, mm-hmm. I, I totally get it. But I guess for me, when I've had a counsellor, they've not been black. But it, it's it's worked for me. For the, depends on what what is the area that you're focusing on. Mm. Um and I think also probably for me, I probably wasn't even, when I had the, the support, I probably wasn't even aware of like, you know, black, although I'm a black therapist, it's not something that's necessarily promoted a lot. I think it's probably only the last two or, or three years where there's more of an, of, of an awareness. But I think it is key. You need to be able to trust that person with your heart, you've got to be vulnerable. Mm. You don't, and unfortunately, because of racism, structural race racism, you're kind of contending with all of those thoughts. And you know, you, the therapist could be totally fine, and they could really help you. But the reality is, you're dealing with all that stuff. So, if you don't want to be dealing with it, well, yeah, go and get black therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you'll be spending more money, you know, dealing yeah. with all of that internally. Mm. It's going to take a lot longer to get to the root. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. even for me, I've worked with um, people from minority backgrounds, like Asian people, and they said, well, I came to you because I just felt more relaxed. I know that you'll probably understand a bit more about racism or what it is to be a minority, but someone who hasn't had those experiences or isn't exposed to them wouldn't. 
So mm. it, it's um, it's real. Yeah. And we should have choice. And mm. I know someone contacted me on. I contributed to an article in the Metro, and it was around, it was around this very subject, and um, and they were asking me, you know, in the NHS, can you request a black therapist? I'm like, or counsellor? I'm like, you can, but you might be waiting for a long time because <laughs> there's not many. Mm. So I think, unfortunately, that's why. I guess you, you probably got to look privately yeah. if you don't want to wait. But they do exist. I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, mm. we, we're there, but I think we need to have more of a collective um, approach. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I think it's that that choice thing is important though, because when I when I um, applied through the NHS, I think it was talking therapies that mm-hmm. they put me forward to. Um, on both occasions, I was just told, you know, this is the person that's gonna be doing your session and I didn't mind at the time it was only in hindsight I was like it's probably because I was just told I'm going to be doing it with this person at this mm. time I didn't have no consultation of any sort you know so so yeah I think that that yeah I don't know I think that is important to be able to choose I, most of the people that I know especially the black men who have done successful therapy and are still doing it they've all gone they've all gone private mm. um and maybe not always a black therapist, but for them having the choice to be able to do so, I think for them was quite empowering mm-hmm. and quite important. Um, one thing we haven't spoken about much, was you're an author, yeah? I like, am. We don't come across authors <laughs> every day. So do you want to tell us a bit about your book, um, what it's about, what yes. inspired it? Mm-hmm. So it's called Resilience um, in the Workplace, and it's all around building resilience for entrepreneurs and for employees because Work is a challenge, work is stressful. And I thought rather than just keeping all of my thoughts and knowledge and insights and experience and expertise in my head, let me just write, you know, put pen to paper and create um, create a book that's really accessible, you know, very kind of practical. It's not very long, but it's, it's something that's going to help you on your journey to building um, resilience. And, you know, it includes cut quotes, it's motivational and... I think it's also exposure to, it's not therapy, but some of the areas that you could potentially look at. So it's kind of getting you on that journey, helping you to think about self-awareness, thinking about journaling, thinking about, okay, you know, what's maybe affecting um, my resilience. So essentially that's why I created the book when I was having some coaching actually and that was one of the, there were lots of areas that they were sharing in terms of, you know, these are the things you need to do to establish your authority. Because all of us, we, we've, we've all got expertise, but it's about the application. It's about taking action. Mm-hmm. And that was me. Rest is history, to be honest. Um, <laughs> there will be more in the future. Um, but I'm a, I'm a believer in taking action. Yeah. Taking action. Don't just stop talking just take the action <laughs> yeah no it's good yeah no it's it's, it's 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 yeah it's really good resilience for yeah re- resilience for me is quite important so like in my school one of we've got um values and like part of my role actually is to promote the values through the school mm-hmm. and one of those is resilience and um there's a term in education that's kind of like become a buzzword within like the last decade which mm-hmm. is growth mindset um, and I did a lot of a lot of studying on that when I first became a teacher, but I do think it's it's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I think you said you said something earlier at the beginning of the podcast. It's quite important to not just um, tell young people to be resilient and explain what resilience is. You kind of almost have to give them. It's, you have to coach them through it. Mm. Um, and like in the school context, for instance, like young people have to, for example, fail and do something wrong 
and the resilience comes from them being at a point of maybe you know meltdown or suffering or you know like they're, they're struggling or they're in pain because of that situation but then being supported and coached through the whole actually that's all right I'm going to help you and then the next time you do it you're not going to fail or the next time you do it you're going to do it a bit better and so that's kind of how we do resilience through the school mm. um, do you think the formula is very different for men sorry for young people and for adults in terms of how to build resilience I think it's it's just kind of adapting it I think as a young person because of like the I don't know how, they, how old they are in the developmental age a more of a behavioural approach would work so actually being a role model so as a teacher or as a parent showing resilience and then allowing your um, child or family member to learn through doing whereas I guess when you're when you're older and because you're more kind of cognitively developed you can maybe look at some of those beliefs which are maybe hampering your um, resilience so essentially for younger people because of the developmental age focusing maybe more on a behavioral approach and adults cognitive and behavioral and lots of different um, approaches and then probably integrating um, spiritual aspects as well whereas you know young children are less aware of spirituality mm, that makes sense what do you guys do what, like what do you think you do to help yourself become more resilient um, I think to become more resilient well for me my personal experience was I had to get to an extreme low so uh, when I was in uni, I suffered with depression. I think that was my all-time low. Um, I really felt alone. I was in uni. I knew I sh- what well, I felt like I shouldn't have been there. Um, I went. I went. I went to. I went because I wanted to leave home. I went because my I know my family wanted me to get a degree and stuff. Um, but I also did love sports. But I think being in uni, it kind of changed my my my. Uh, my my thoughts on that, everything was a lot harder than I expected. I didn't receive the help that I needed. Um, and it was just a downhill spiral from that. Um, I ran into money issues as well. So I was I was massively stressed out to the point where I wouldn't go to lectures. I stopped going gym. I wouldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. Like there would be nights where I'd just be awake. Um, and yeah, I just wouldn't leave my room. And I really felt like I really felt like things were over um, until the point where I decided I wasn't going to go back to uni. I, I told my parents that I had taken a gap year and had no intentions of going back to uni. So I was staying at my auntie's place for a little bit. And every now and again, my mum would be like, oh, when are you going back to uni? Uni's starting up soon. I'd be like, oh, yeah, it's fine. I've set my application. It's just waiting to go through. I'm thinking, what, what can I actually do? I can't, there's no way I can go back. It, it ruined me. I, I remember just having headaches all the time, feeling sick. And I've got pictures of when I lost weight. And sometimes I look back at them and I'm like, damn, I've come so far. Wow. Um, then from uni, working at Amazon, that was another low. I was working night shifts. Uh, I was doing like six to seven nights a week and wasn't getting much sleep, wasn't eating, wasn't doing anything I enjoyed, wasn't seeing family at all because when I'm awake, they're asleep and vice versa. And... Yeah, I think what got me out of Amazon is I got fired on my holiday. Um, so I did a bit of extras work, so background in film and TV. And a job came through and I was like, you know what? I need to take this opportunity. It's something that I enjoy doing. I need to meet new people. I don't want to be stuck in this warehouse. So I had like 16 days holiday. So I booked the holidays off 
on my second day of holiday, Amazon messaged me saying um, that I'm not needed anymore. And, you know, instead of like crying about, I just said, you know, this is an opportunity is the universe sending the message. I took it and I just kind of pursued with the whole extra stuff. And over time, like my confidence started coming back uh, as I was meeting new people. I just felt like more alive. I was making relationships here and there. Then um, opportunities were coming my way. Things progressively got better. Um, <laughs> I eventually told my parents that I wasn't going back to uni. They they didn't they take that too well. Um, but it's only when the acting started picking up and, you know, they see me on TV and stuff, they started supporting me, which is nice. And, you know, they're bragging about me with you know, family members. Um, but that whole journey was me having to convince myself that I'm better than the situation that I'm in. And, you know, I want, I want better for myself, my situation. And um, knowing that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, I've always believed that I'm destined for greatness. And even like, there's been certain points in my life when random people have said things to me, they've just been like, like so two examples, when I was in Amazon, there was an uncle, we called him Uncle G. Um, he, was a, he was a funny guy. He's a Nigerian uncle. He's like one of the funniest <laughs> guys ever. And he was known for sleepwalking while he's putting parcels <laughs> inside the gates. Like we all did it. Like the Amazon work was so hard. We all did it. We'd do like 14, 14 hours sometimes. He'd sleepwalk and he'd put the boxes in the right cages. It was insane. And one time he came up to me. He's like, oh, what's your name? I was like, Demeji. Like, no, what's your, your proper name? said, Ola Dimeji. He's like, ah, you know, you're the chosen one. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, ah, this guy is sleeping again. <laughs> what? This guy is just chatting rubbish. This guy is chatting rubbish. But it always stuck in my mind. Then when I when I got fired from Amazon and I was with my auntie, um, I went to the chicken shop and I made an order. And an older lady walked up behind me. And she was like, oh, um, you've got a great voice. You know, your voice needs to be heard. Wow. Like, Sorry, pardon? She's like, your voice, your voice needs to be heard by people. You know, you need to make sure, whatever you do, you need to make sure that your voice is heard. Wow. I was like, oh, thank you. Like, it sticks with you. Honestly, it sticks with you and yeah. you believe that Yeah, you need they to. knew what they're talking about mm. and I believe what they're talking about and just having that in my head is, is like just skyrocketed my confidence, my belief in myself, in God, the universe. Um, like, honestly, like, in our lives, we don't, un we may, we may or may not realize when signs are sent to us, and it's, I think it's very important to be aware of when um, mm. these things are presented to us because it could be the difference between being stuck in that same hole and completely turning your life around. Mm. I'm very happy for, I'm, I say happy, but I'm. Um, I appreciate everything I went through back in the part back then, although it was very hard. And at the time it felt like I was never, ever going to get out of it. Where I am now is completely different. And yeah, all I can do is thank my younger self for never giving up yeah. mm. for having that resilience because boy, I'm enjoying what I went. Like, I'm enjoying what's it? I'm reaping the rewards what's... of that resilience and mm. that self-belief and that hunger. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, that's you know, what, one thing I love is that um, through the downside, you know, you hanged on to your dreams, mm. you know, mm. and I think that is what helped 
Because a lot of people are in that same position, but they don't know what they want to do, mm. which I think is a lot worse. Just not knowing, having no vision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Going through downside and ha- with no vision sounds like a nightmare to me. Yeah, it is a nightmare. Mm. Do you know I, what? I, go on. What you gonna say? I was going to, more, one more thing. Um, so I think one other thing that helped me is because is that I never had a plan B. Like I dropped out of uni. Right. Like I wasn't the greatest in school. Like I wasn't the most academic or whatever. Mm-hmm. I wasn't that great at sports. Like I was I was an all-rounder. Like I can play every sport, not to a high level. I played American football, basketball, soccer, uh, table tennis, all of that stuff. Like I can play it, but I was never great at it. I played American football. I got injured in training. Like my wrist is all mashed up now. I can't <laughs> do anything with it. But um, damn, where was I going with this? <laughs> Your dream, um, you, your dreams, like no plan you B. You had no, no other choice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it. So no plan B. I just knew that acting for me or entertainment, because I even dabbled in modeling as well. I just knew that whatever I set my mind to, I'm going to be successful in it That's one good. way or another. That's good. You believed um, in yourself. Oh, I believe in myself. No one That's can tell good. me that I'm mm. going to flop. I will never believe it. Yeah. I know that. Mm. I even, know my worth. Even, even during the downside, when you're de- like even depressed. during the downside, I think that's when you have to believe in yourself the most. The most exactly, mm. because you have yeah. to prove to yourself that you can do it. Yeah, and that's that's how you build resilience. Like yeah, that aids towards building resilience. Like you said, it's a muscle. You work it every mm. day. Yeah, you get stronger and stronger, and people around you will see that that muscle is developing in you, and yeah. they'll mm. start like you will attract the same type of people. You attract. Mm people who are as hungry as you are. Yeah, but but what you just said there is key and I'm glad you said that and I think that's the one thing I'd want our listeners to take from it because although we talk about strategies that we use for to build resilience that might seem like we've done it all mm. you you did you did a major part of that but there were moments where maybe you, did, you didn't think you need it but that moment where the woman came into the chicken shop that was important. Oh, I needed that. That was part mm. of the journey. When the yeah. guy said Demeji, you know, do you know your name? We know that as men, there's importance in knowing your identity mm-hmm. and how that actually makes you. Mm-hmm. You get it? Like, uh, so you're uh, the chosen uh, yeah, one. Bro, come yeah. on. <laughs> bro, I, still think, I still think about yeah, it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, think even, sometimes a, when a I'm... A guy walking. born... A guy... I was just going to say, like, you know, uh, when a son that's born into a royal family, son of a king, do you think anybody can ever imagine, tell him imagine the he's, energy. he's nobody? Yeah. You get it? Yeah. Do you see the importance knowing, of knowing, knowing yourself? yourself. You yeah. know your identity. You know where you come from. And a lot of people fail and struggle and don't have resilience because they might have a dream. They may know what they want to do. But somewhere along the way, they've lost their identity, their purpose, or they haven't. it hasn't been said to them. So they, they fall at every opportunity mm. that comes to them because it's like, I don't remember where I'm going again. I don't really remember what it means to be Demeji. Mm. You get it? Mm. Like I haven't had somebody say to me, actually, no, people are going to hear your voice mm. no matter what you want. And that's what, that's why I think when we talk about these strategies and things like resilience is great, but it also reminds us that like when you fail, when you suffer, there's importance in the community. And that's what you said, you know, mm. that's people you didn't even know necessarily like that, yeah. but they, mm. they put bricks for you to stand on, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's it's the equivalent to going to the gym and people seeing you flexing. But then mm-hmm. when they realize you're struggling, you get yeah. the guy that'll be like, yo, bro, do you mm-hmm. want a spot? Mm-hmm. Can I help you? Mm-hmm. And every now and again, you need that spot. You need someone, yeah. you know, and uh, you got to identify those people in your life as well. I've you got my it. one. That's 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 mine. One of mine <laughs> over there. Malik on the camera, because when things were low and rough for me, he used to be like, bro, like you're not just anybody. Like, <laughs> you know, like you've got something that's unique or, you know, you're in a position where think about where you was 10 years ago and what we was up to, blah, blah, blah. So you need those people around you, man, for sure to that's help. Just answering your question as well on resilience. Um, 
and like you said, like with Malik. So I, I would say when I'm going through the downside, one way of getting out of it and building resilience is I feel like the, my community has supported me. My community, mm-hmm. which is like my, my family members play a large part, my business partner, my, my best friends, my good friends. Mm-hmm. So, and, and you said, you know, community. Mm-hmm. I feel like obviously we're, we're at a time where individualism is at all time high mm-hmm. and we're losing the sense of community in this digital world. And we have f- like fake communities. You feel like you're part of something, but you really you're not. <laughs> Discord. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like Twitter, Twitter clubhouse. Yeah. It's just, it's not really real community. Mm. Like when you're going through the struggles, these people don't know. They're getting mm. on with their lives. But I feel like it's very important to to have a foundation. Like ask yourself, um, it like we get to get to a point where you just you know you you think to yourself. When I'm going through the downsides, who do I have around me to like help me put, mm. come out of this? You have to constantly assess that all the time. Yeah. All right. So two things I want to say. So, um, okay. So one thing I've started making a point to do is compliment, complimenting people, random people on the street, mm. especially young black boys. Mm. Mm-hmm. i um the other day I was in a shop. And I love that. I saw a brother with a with a do rag on. Yeah. I was like, yo, bro, like. I like your do rag, man. And he's like, oh, thank you. And his mom smiled. The way his mom mm, smiled, like it was. I was like, I felt so good inside. Oh. Um, then the other day, I I ordered a, a smoothie from some shop, and the brother behind the till he had some braids. It's fresh, mm. it's fresh. <laughs> I was like, bro, Amarian. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Did you call him Amarian? <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Um, but I was like, bro, I like your braids, man. Like just that simple line. He's like, bro. He said to me, bro, I like your do-rag, man. I know you got some waves on there. <laughs> I was like, I was like, nah, allow me, bro. I've been trimming ages. But like, I know he appreciated that. Yeah, and that's man. someone I see quite frequently too. So like, it's yeah, developed, into, yeah. developed into um, conversations. Sometimes I love we, just, that. we just speak about anything. Mm. Um, but yes, one thing I wanted to do at the beginning of the podcast is ask how everyone is doing. Mm. Um, I, I kind of like, I want to make it a regular thing. Uh, we actually say how we're feeling, not just, yeah, I'm good, you know, I'm all right. That automated response. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So we'll start off with, we'll start off with you, Rizzy. How are you, how are you doing today, bro? I'm good. I've well, been, how's your week been in that? It's been, it's been great. I've been in a great space. Um, I've had a great start to the year. So it's been, I've spent a lot of time um, indoors working, mm-hmm. stepping out to like go for walks. But I'm in a, I'm in a great space. Obstacles are always there. Mm-hmm. I don't think... I can live a life with no obstacles, but I just, I just ride it. You know? mm, Lovely, yeah. good to hear. And you know what? You just mentioned obstacles. For myself, I'm, I know like in myself that I love life with obstacles. Without obstacles, I wouldn't be great. Mm. Without obstacles, I wouldn't get better. So I kind of welcome these barriers and these obstacles and these challenges because like, they've made me the person that I am, the resilient, strong mm. Hungry person, I'm starving. <clears throat> I'm, I'm always looking for an opportunity. This good, man. That's the energy. Buy into it like man. a lion, you know what I mean? Um, Emmanuel? Yeah, for me, um, yeah, like, I was going to say the, the, the generic, I'm good. I am good. I think for me, it's, I always recognize my blessings. So like you said, like, I know that there's obstacles. There probably are things that have gone wrong this week. And, you know, like my little like baby, she's not well. And I felt quite poorly and tired this week. But like, generally speaking like and genuinely like I feel blessed and I've started this year I feel weirdly enough I started off this year with COVID because we caught COVID over mm-hmm. um, Christmas break but my work is a big part of my life at the moment because it's real it's not just a job to me it's like I've got a vision and, I, and, I, and my job plays a part in that and I feel like 
the way I've started my work this year, I, I felt strong. I felt invigorated. I feel, you know, motivated, hungry, like you said. Yeah. And and so, yeah, so, so yeah, I feel good, you know, trying to balance the work-life thing. Um, but I'm getting better at that as well, like knowing when to shut off from work and say, mm-hmm. nope, no emails after this time. So, so other than that, I'm, I'm good. Um, Martina, seems like mm-hmm. I'm passing the baton on to you. Yeah, no, I, I am good. I am running into 2022, running into blessings, mm-hmm. opportunities. And I've started this new health program called the Elevate. And it's focused on, yeah, it's quite a holistic program, looking at my physical health, emotional health, um, spiritual goals, not really spiritual, but. Yeah, I'll I'd kind of deal with that, but yeah, <laughs> but um, it's just yeah, I've just got clarity, focus, mm, clarity. Mm. When you've got clarity, you are unstoppable. Yeah, <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. So I'm it? just yes, 2022. Mm. Watch out, world. Yeah, I am rising. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm excited. I'm just trying to calm myself down oh, now. But actually, yeah. question, question. So you said like you you have like crazy clarity right now for those who may be feeling a bit lost and don't know how to maybe get this clarity in in like moving forward with their lives and stuff are there any methods any tools any um ways that people can uh work towards building clarity in maybe work relationships for the new year um any tips or yeah what i would say is sit down with yourself and think ask yourself what are your values because when you understand your core values, what is important to you, and then align yourself with them, that will make it easier for you to think about, well, what are your goals? Where do you want to be? Because we've all got a purpose here on earth, but mm-hmm. it's important that we don't compare ourselves to others. We're all unique. Mm. We've all got something unique to bring. Forget about competition. What can you bring to the table? What are you going to do different this year you've got to be intentional checking in with yourself every day are you making are you making those steps towards those goals if you're not you need to readjust and be resourceful you might not have the money you might not have this and that but reach out to people don't underestimate the power of of of, of connection and action 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 me doing follow-up in my business it's just Powerful. I've not been as good as I should have been in the past, but I'm just seeing the power of, of following up and just having that clarity. And actually you feel less stressed mm-hmm. <laughs> when you've got the clarity because you know what you need mm. to be focusing on. So yeah, so it's very, very key. I'm Beautiful. excited, excited. Yeah. Listen, guys, it's been a, it's been a great, great podcast. Um, again, you've been listening to us to, to Goodman Manny, Goodman Rizzi, Goodman Demeji. And listen, we've been very honored and privileged to have Martina, Witter um, with us today and we want to just say thank you again for coming on um, and for just blessing us and, and helping our thank community you very much. press that button bro yeah come on sorry <laughs> I had to do it <laughs> <laughs> guys you've been listening to the Goodman Factory um, we just want to say thank you for listening make sure you subscribe when you're listening to us today follow us on podcasts um, sorry follow us on Spotify on Apple um, we're on Twitter Instagram YouTube the whole shebang um, but also follow our lovely guest today. Do you want to just say your, your Twitter page so our followers yes. know where to find oh. you? Or exactly. your Instagram. Instagram, Rafa Therapy Services, yeah. Um, I, I use Twitter, but not, not as often. But yeah, Rafa Therapy Services. Or, yeah, LinkedIn, Martina Roberta. No, Martina Motivator, but yeah. 
that's where I am. There will be links. Check out the videos. Yeah, there will be links. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Thank you. And again, just finishing off, if you want to bless yourself or someone else, um, go on the Goodman Factory website, www.goodmanfactory.com and get yourself or someone that you love, a lovely Goodman Factory bed oil, face oil, brush, comb, the whole shebang. Get it all. Yeah. But yeah, thank you. You've been listening again to the Goodman Factory. Have a lovely day. Take care. Thank Bye. You.